Hello and welcome to the Roxy and Queens podcast. I'm Norris and this is our first one. How exciting. The premise is this, the podcast will predominantly be a series of interviews with ladies that work within the rock industry. I'll be finding out what they do, how they got there and what they think about the scene. They'll share tips and tricks for those who aspire to work in similar roles. I'm hoping this will be a powerful platform for women in the industry to speak up and encourage others to get involved. My first interviewee is Hannah Gillica of a company called Hold Tight PR and also she's editor of bringthenoiseuk.com. Just before we launch into the interview, a little warning. Towards the end of the podcast, we may discuss a more serious topic and if this is something you don't feel comfortable with, please feel free to skip it. Okay, without further ado, here's Hannah. I'm Hannah Gillica. I work for a PR company called Hold Tight PR. We're based in Camden in London. Um, my role within the company is mainly broadcast PR. So I work on all the radio for Hold Tight and um, all of our artists and I also do TV and I also do a little bit of online as well. But as a company overall, we also do print as well. Okay. Yeah. So the full package. Yes. Yeah. I've not spoken to many radio um, PR, no? so this is interesting for okay, me. Okay, cool. Yeah. No, it's good fun. I really enjoy it. It's, it was something that I kind of helped the company develop when I joined um, three years ago. They had a bit of radio but yeah. they didn't really have a big radio side to them so I've like really kind of helped the guys I mean I had no experience it myself so I was like testing the waters yeah I like to think that now we have like a strong radio side to us so that's good yeah and also your editor of bring this. noise yes yeah that's kind of how I got into music actually I was at university I was doing a management degree so I wasn't doing anything music based but I knew that I wanted to get into music one of my friends was setting up a site called Already Heard yeah, um, and asked me if I wanted to write for them. And it's something that I've never envisaged me doing. I was like, oh, I've never reviewed anything before. But I did it anyway and really got into it. And then I got approached by Bring the Noise, asked to just be a reviewer for them. And then I moved up the ranks to news editor. And then about two years later, I then became the editor. I admit that now, because I've got a full-time job in PR, it's difficult to handle the both. Yeah. Um, but I try and do as best as I can. So was writing for Bring the Noise a voluntary job? It was, yeah, yeah, like all my jobs up until Hold Tight were voluntary. Yeah, I just did it through the love of music. I loved going to shows. I got to interview bands that I loved and <laughs> um, go to shows all the time. So, yeah, for me, it, that was kind of like payoff. That's how this industry works, the passion behind it. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are hungry to be out there and see bands and listen to music. And I think that's what drives these sort of independent online publications. So it's right for Bring the Noise made you understand that you could have a career in working in music public relations. Yeah, so originally when I, well, as a kid, I wanted to be a forensic scientist and then I realised I wasn't very good at science. <laughs> First time I remember thinking I wanted to get into music was when I was about maybe 16 years old. I used to go to a dance class and my dance teacher's brother was in a band. They were called Rima. And uh, she said to me one day, you should check them out. And I became obsessed with them. <laughs> and they're quite a small band from like Manchester Way. Yeah. And they grew to the point where they then supported McFly on an arena tour. I've been there supporting them. Like we had like a little like, street team, or whatever. So I've seen them grow. And that really inspired me for some reason. I was like, I want to do that as my job. I want to work with small bands and get them to the point that they are now successful and big. 
So originally I wanted to go into A&R management and then when I was at university I did as many music related jobs I could, handing out flyers for promoters, that sort of thing, like yeah. then to work for ticking, ticketing companies, did a bit of work for Sundunk Festival for a little bit because like Leeds had a great music scene so I was kind of fully immersed into it. Mm. And then I did a three-week work experience at Spine Farm, uh, which is one of Universal's like labels, yeah. like the sister label, the metal label, and really, really enjoyed it. But it was when I started like writing and then communicating with other PRs, I was kind of like, this sounds quite cool. I want to. I'm quite interested in this. So when I graduated from uni, I was at Download Festival doing press for Bring the Noise, and I spoke to every PR that I knew and was like, oh, I want to get into PR. Mm. And then I actually was back home, which is up north near Liverpool. Um, so for maybe like two months, I was working with Jamie Otzer at Wall of Sound. Ah. Um, and was just helping out, doing like little intern sort of bits. And then I got approached by um, one of the guys at Hold Tight, Matt, who's my colleague, saying they were looking for an intern. I did the internship and they very fortunately kept me on. It all proves that internships can pay off. Honestly, they can do. And yeah, I think it's so important to always just be like involved as much as you can. Get yeah. your name out there, be at shows. You'll, you'll always see, if you go to shows, especially in Camden or in London anyway, always see the same faces. And it's just about networking and talking about yourself and proving to people that you're passionate about it. I hate to say it, but I think that being in London really does help. When I was interning at Hold Tight, I would get a coach from Manchester. I'd do two days a week at Hold Tight, but I'd get a coach from Manchester. Wow. I would stay at friends' houses on their floors and their sofas, carry a big suitcase around with me, then get a coach back, like, that same week. So it's just about putting yourself out there and, like, you know, really showing that you're passionate. And if you if you put yourself across that way, people will recognise it. And I understand how difficult it is to get internships, but it, I think the way to get them is just to, like I say, be at shows, network. Mm. You know, don't be afraid to introduce yourself to people. We're all willing to chat to anyone. Um, we're not scary people. <laughs> I understand if you don't know anyone in the industry, it's difficult. A lot of PR companies will put on their social media if they've got internships going, so always keep an eye on that. But yeah, yeah, I would say that, yeah, just, yeah, take the plunge. Just a bit of a question on the status of women in the industry in general at the moment. There's this indie band called The Big Moon and they were saying, I think it was in The Telegraph, that they don't appreciate being referred to as an all-female band as a means of marketing or promoting what they do. Um, I just wondered what your approach to this sort of statement was as somebody that works in PR. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's a funny thing. Like We work with a lot of bands that have female members mm. and we're very we're very funny about how we approach the terms that we use like we hate the term female fronted because why yeah. should it matter whether the vocalist is a male or a female it shouldn't matter um so we work with a band called pretty pistol there's two girls and two guys in the band okay cool so we call it a gender split but i guess at the end of the day it doesn't matter whether you're male or female if you're you know non-binary it doesn't matter if you can play music and you're good at it it shouldn't matter why why should your pitch or your unique selling point be that you've got a female singing in your band yeah it's um, a bit sad when that when it comes to yeah, that but it, but again i feel like it's just become a natural thing to say that when you describe a band that's got a female it kind of feels yeah. like norm almost and it shouldn't be but i do sometimes feel like people trip over themselves and go oh yeah female fronted and then, yeah i'm sure i've done it myself yeah as a and i have as well um but we now as a company try not to use that as yeah. a point of sale so is it a powerful thing to identify as a woman in the music industry or would you say it's more beneficial to just be a straight up gender neutral musician? Yeah, I don't know. I kind of feel like there is a lot of kind of 
limelight on women at the moment and I think it's great but you know I'm the type of person I like to see people as equal mm. um, but yeah at the same time I think it's great that females are finally having their say and you know getting recognised a lot more a lot of males are, are really also feminist now as well I also appreciate you know that women have always been perceived as especially in music kind of as like the slightly I don't know how to word it like Obviously, you've got the whole kind of boys club sort of thing. And I don't see that at all in the sort of rock world as such. Um, Especially where I work, like, hold tight, you know, there's never been any issue. I get treated as equally as Matt does, as James does. Like, So we're built up between, there's five of us, there's three three males and two females. And I always have my say, I always, like, listen to. But I am aware in the bigger picture there are a lot of issues with it. I like to think that there are a lot of things that are moving forward and... There's things like, you know, women in music awards and things that people are starting to get recognised now. You know, there are some incredibly talented women within the industry, whether they're in a band or whether they're in the actual back scenes of the industry that we're in. Um, And it's really nice to see that people are finally starting to get recognised. Was there anything music industry based that you really wanted to do that perhaps gender stereotypes stood in the way of? I always remember when I was younger, I was so desperate to go on a tour. I wanted to to go (laughs) on a tour with a band. But I remember a lot of them saying to me, oh, well, we don't really have girls out on tour of us. And I'd be like, oh, right. Because they kind of thought that you, as, a, as a girl, I couldn't handle it, maybe. I don't know. Or we're an alien species. Yeah, apparently be, so. Must be treated differently. But then but then again, I've, I know of, you know, females within touring crews now. Um, mm. I've got, a, I know a girl called Paula who does sound and she goes out on tours with guys all the time. That's cool. Yeah, so I kind of feel like it's becoming more of an acceptance now that, yeah. you know, girls can survive out on the road for a week, it's fine. <laughs> As you know, over the last few months, there's been a lot of allegations made on social media to do with sexual harassment and assault. I was wondering if you had any advice or tips on how we can negotiate the situation across most industries, but especially within the rock industry and um, what your advice would be on maybe how we should react to it, deal with it, process it, um, and work to improve the industry as a whole. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something that's difficult to kind of process because you, you don't really think that it happens and then you hear about it and you're like, oh. Mm. But yeah, I think I, I fully backed the Me Too campaign. I think that was a great way for people to kind of have the confidence and the platform to, you know, express what had happened to them. I think... Keeping it anonymous is crucial. I've seen a lot of things on social media that I think maybe shouldn't have been said, like, you know, naming names. Because mm. if you're going to take that to court, I think, you know, that's a defamation and it won't help your case whatsoever. But, yeah, I think it's really important that peop- and people are coming out and are brave enough to talk about it. Mm. And I salute any female that can, you know, speak about it on any level. But, yeah, I think, I think as we mentioned maybe a little bit earlier, that... I think now that it's becoming more of a thing that people are willing to talk about, I think it has to be spoken about in school. At an age where the kids are still kind of like learning about sex and everything else, I think consent on both sides has to be like... It's not just women, it happens to men as well. I mean, obviously there's a lot more focus on women. And I think learning about consent at that age is so crucial. And there you have it, a brilliant final point made by Hannah there on consent and its great importance in today's society, especially in schools. Anyway, I hope this podcast has been useful to you and maybe inspired you to investigate working in PR or contributing to an online music blog. The second podcast should be out next month and if you want to get involved to spread the word, check out roxinqueens.tumblr.com. 
Also get in touch if there's a particular profession in rock music that you would like to learn about. I'll try my best to get someone on board for an interview very soon. Thank you for listening. Rock Queen.